Man, good morning. How are you guys? How are you guys online? All right. It's good to see you guys all here. You know, it is so, it was, um, I, I love seeing that, that video about CC Kids, don't you? I mean, what I love about that is seeing some of like our 1025 students that are helping out there, that as we kind of grow in our understanding of, of what this church is and who this church is, we find out that we are the church. It's our, it's our kids, it's our youth, it's, it's the, the older members, it's the, the empty nesters, it's the parents of, of kids. I mean, it's, it's us, you know? We're, we're God's church, we're Christ's church, and, and we are so glad that, that each one of you is a part of it. What I love seeing in that is, um, do you ever get the sense that God is, you know, in, in people's lives as you're watching this, especially with kids, you see God kind of writing this story, Right? And, and he's doing that with all of us. He's writing this story. It's his story in our lives. It's what he wants to be writing is, is his, he wants to be pulling us into his story about, about all that he's doing. And, and we hope that that's what he's doing. We know that he's writing human history. That's the easy part, right? We just live and we're part of human history. But we hope that we are a part of his story as well. That story about what he's doing, uh, those crazy, just amazing things he's doing through us, in this world, even in times like this, even in times like a pandemic, and how he's using those things, those wonders to, to save whole generations. Amen? And we hope that that's, we hope that that's the story that we're a part of, don't we? Uh, and on our best days, on our best days, when we're doing really well, we're, we're thinking, you know, I, I really think that I'm a part of, you know, what God's doing. And there are those days, there are those good days, but unfortunately, there are those other days, Right? Those other days there, you're going, you know, I'm not sure he has enough to work with, <laughs> right? We, we look around us. I mean, look around the room. Look around the room wherever you are at home, right? You're looking around. You're going, I'm not sure there. And we look inside and we're, I'm not sure. But I hope, I hope that he's using me to do what he, and, but have you, how often is it, you, you think about that. What is it that pulls us off of that, that, that confidence that God is using us to do what he has said he would do through us and pulls us over into that other place? of going, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my place is. Have you, have you had those voices that kind of go through your head and they go, nah, not you, right? You're not enough. Or you have those tapes that are going through your head that just tell you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible parent, right? I'm, I'm a horrible boss. I'm a I'm just a rotten friend. I'm a bad person. I'm, I'm a lazy person. I can't get my act together, right? I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough, not funny enough. Sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. Sometimes it's, I know too much about what I've already done, right? You go, how in the world could God use somebody like me? There's, there's no way that that's enough. Because we look in our lives and we see the holes, we see the, the empty places, those, those unfinished places, those rough edges, and we go, I'm, I'm not sure God can use that. What could he do through me? I want you guys, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to uh, Genesis 1, the first page in the Bible, Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. Can't miss it. You open it up, there it is, Right? Going to start easy this morning. Genesis 1 and 1 and 2. Uh, let's stand together. Let's stand together to hear God's word together. If you're at home, go ahead and stand with us. Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. This is God's story. He said, In the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. It was unformed and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. You know, good writers know that every story has this all is lost kind of a moment. You know, you think about all the great movies or books you've read. It, has, it usually is about three quarters of the way through the story, and you hit this all is lost moment that everything seems like it's out of the way. Here's God's telling a story. He starts a story, and he starts with the all is lost moment, right? There's no buildup. There's no character development. It's just in the beginning, life was lousy, right? It was unformed. It was dark. It was, there was just emptiness and waste everywhere in the beginning. And you're going, what a horrible way to start a story, right? You're going, what a terrible way to start. But over, over that emptiness, what we find the hope in this story is in that last part of that second verse where it says, but the spirit of God was hovering over that emptiness. So it sounds like this devastating opening, except that the spirit of God is hovering over that, and that changes everything. This morning, I think God wants us to know that even if we look in our lives and we find those empty places and we find those devastated or those upended places, those places that look like they're unformed and unfilled, they're totally in chaos, and, and we may even look at those and say, you know, that's, that's just where I live. That's me. That is in my element. That is my element. And God's telling us this morning, you know what? I want to bring you out of your element then. Because I want you to see that I make beauty and I make meaning. And my Holy Spirit is given to draw beauty and new creation out of the chaos. Amen? Father, this morning we want to listen to you. We want to hear your spirit as he speaks both into us and, and creates in us. So I pray that your, your work would be done in us as our ears are opened, as our eyes are opened, as we make room for the work that you long to do this morning. Father, there are many of us that come this morning with, with chaos. We come with brokenness. We come with sadness. We come with, with those unfinished pieces in our lives, with the mess of our lives, and we bring them to you knowing that the Holy Spirit is hovering, even over this place, even over that place, wherever we are, whether it's in our living room watching this, whether it's in the middle of this week and we're watching this, this broadcast, God, you are there with us and your spirit is hovering over those broken places of our lives in order to remake us and make beauty and meaning out of the chaos. So, Father, we give you this time. Holy Spirit, we give you room in this time to glorify our Father, our God, to glorify the name of Jesus. We pray these things in his name, that this would be done for your glory. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. So all of us have a story, right? Many of you guys uh, know uh, Carrie and I. We have a story. We have a story that basically just over three years ago, we moved here. Uh, to Rhode Island from Colorado. And that, that's a jump, right? Uh, some of you guys who have lived other places, that's, that's, a, that's a change. Um, but where we lived in, in Colorado, we lived on the northwest side of the metro area of Denver, which is about 15 miles, uh, not 15 miles, about 15 minutes from, from Boulder. And so three weeks ago, when there was that shooting in Boulder, where there were 10 people who were killed, 
we were close enough to that that actually when I heard that news, I was, I was anxious to know who those people were because there was, a, there was a reasonable possibility that we might have known one of them or that we would have known someone who did. And so that became very personal to us. And in those times, when that kind of devastation gets that close, that step or two away, it's too close. It's too close. And in those times, uh, and as we know that when, when that kind of devastation actually hits home, that's when you get this, this, the bottom drops out, right? That's when everything in your life just turns upside down. It's like all the drawers in your house are emptied and all the closets are dumped on the floor. It's like everything's out of its place. It's un, unmade. It's unorganized. It's just it's chaos. And we like to know whether we're in one of those times or not. And so in those, in those times of the times of darkness and in those times of kind of devastation, one of the things that God wants us to know is, you know what, that's where my story starts. That's where my story always begins, is in those places an unformed, unfilled darkness, chaos, because he says, out of the chaos, that's where I'm going to create this, this beauty, this meaning, this new creation. In Genesis 1, in Genesis 1, uh, different translators have used different words to, to kind of um, cover this, this term. In, in Hebrew, it's, the phrase is tohu vavohu. I, I think it's kind of a fun one to say, right? Yeah, tohu vavohu. And they've translated it either waste and emptiness or uh, formless and void. But it, it just means this, this kind of, it's this unformed area and, and there's nothing there. It's just empty. It's just barren. The way I'd like to think about it this morning, though, I, I think... A, a, some words that give it maybe a framework that's more in line with where this, the rest of this whole chapter, with the rest of creation, where it goes. It was unformed and unfilled, okay? It was not yet formed and not yet filled. Because he's not just describing the essential nature of it, he's just describing the present condition of it, right? So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was not yet formed and not yet filled. It sounds a little different, doesn't it? And there are those times that we need to understand that in our lives, it's not that our lives are waste and emptiness. They're just not yet formed and not yet filled. Because there's hope in that. And, and God's word is always a word of hope. From the very first pages to the very last pages, it is a message for us, a message of hope. And the hope in that is that even in those unformed and unfilled times, God is still, the Spirit of God is hovering. And he's hovering because there's still more to be said. There's still more to be seen in this space and in that time. And so if we read the rest of the creation account, we find that God is actually forming. He's forming and defining spaces. He's defining the, the sky and he's defining the sea. And he's defining the land and he's forming these places and then he's filling them. So into the sky, he places the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars and the birds of the air. And into the, the, the sea, he places the fish and those, those great creatures that he says swim through the seas. And on the land, he, he covers it with plants and with trees that bear fruit and with animals and with human beings. And so 
Before this, it's unformed and unfilled, but all of creation is about the, the spirit of God is hovering because this is going to become God's creation, this place that he forms and he fills, he defines in the boundaries and the spaces and then fills them with life. And that's a, that is a word of hope for us. And that's the, kind of hope, that's the kind of hope that we need in our lives, isn't it? Because we, we all know that whether we, whether we try to avoid it or not, chaos has a way, tell me if this isn't true, chaos has a way of it comes crashing into our lives, right? Un, uninvited, unexpected, just comes just crashing in and upsets everything in our lives, unannounced, whether we like it or not. A story without chaos, a life story without chaos, that's a fairy tale. They don't exist. Not in your life, not in my life. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but a life without chaos, that's a fairy tale. But I also want you to know that a life with chaos in it, where it's told and is not taken into account that the spirit of God is hovering, that's a fairy tale as well. Because the spirit of God is always there. From the very beginning, he is always a part of those stories in those places that are unformed and unfilmed and it filled, and he is always hovering over because new creation is about to come. He is about to make beauty and meaning out of the chaos in our lives. So there are those times, and, and, and that is the bottom line of our faith. Not only is it found in creation, but if we just go last week, the, the story of Jesus It was the same story because here, the God of the universe comes and he takes on human form and he lives among us and we kill him and we throw him in the grave. All is lost moment. All is lost moment for all of history. But the spirit's hovering. And in Romans 1, it says, you know, according to the Holy Spirit himself, Jesus was raised from the dead. So the spirit's hovering. And so out of that, that unformed, that unfilled, that darkness that, that hung over all of the earth and all of history in that moment, out of that new creation, resurrection. Because that's how the story of God always goes. Out of the chaos, God creates beauty. God creates meaning. God creates this new creation of our lives. Now, sometimes, sometimes we, we have this idea that, you know, God, God's looking for kind of, um, he wants me to clean clean up a bit before I come to him. He wants his perfection. He, he doesn't want all that brokenness. He needs me to get my act together and then I can come to him, right? But listen to these words that Jesus spoke in Mark two seventeen. He said, you know what? It is not the healthy who need the physician. It's the sick. So I haven't come to call the righteous. I've come to call the messed up ones. I've come to call the ones who have the chaos and that darkness and that unformed, those unfinished edges in their lives. Those are the ones that I came for. In another place, he, he, he just says, I'm not looking for this perfection. You know, if you think about it, if the Holy Spirit has work to do, that implies he has work to do, right? If he's, if he's hovering because there's work to do, that means there's work to do. So when we bring our lives to him, the, the, the assumption is that there's work to be done. He's not offended by that. In another place, just a little bit later in that chapter in Mark 2.22, it doesn't sound exactly the same, but I want to unpack this for us. Jesus says, you know what? No one puts new wine in old wineskins. 
Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost because it pours out and the skins are lost as well. But you put new wine into new wineskins. What it's talking about is in these days, they would take this unfermented wine, the grape juice, and they would put it into animal skins, animal bags. Because then as it fermented and the gases would, would stretch and expand, these animal skins would expand with it and stretch out. And so if you had a new bag, it would stretch with it. And then you would keep the wine. When it, be, when it was done with that process, you'd have the wine in that bag. It was a great container for it. But if you tried to pour new wine into a bag that had already been stretched out, there was nowhere to go. And so the bag would burst, it would rip, and you'd lose the wine. You, you couldn't use the, the, the old skin anymore. You could have used it for water or oil or something, but can't use that anymore. So everything's lost. Everything's ruined. So what's the difference between the old wineskin and the new wineskin? Well, the new wineskin is unformed and unfilled, right? Just like us. It's, it's, not, it's not shaped yet. It's, not, it's, it's, kind of, it's just waiting for something to happen. And Jesus says, when I have new wine to pour out, I can't pour it into those who are already formed and already filled. They're already completely shaped. They have everything set. I can't use that. I'm looking for those who just... So, so here we are. You know, Again, he's saying, I, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm not looking for those who are formed and filled. He's, he, so if we look at our lives and we say, you know, I, I've got it together. I've finally got it together enough that I can... You know, God can probably use me, right? When we're listening to those tapes and we're like, man, I, if I, I finally got it together, I finally got kind of a handle on this parenthood thing. I finally got a handle on this friendship thing with others. I, I got my, my, my life in order, my careers in order. When we finally have it all set, we're probably not the best candidate for his story. At, at that point, we're, we're, we're formed and we're filled. Now, if God has done a work in us and that's why we're there, that's one thing. But if we've done the work and we got it all together, God's saying, I don't know that I can, I can use that. But if we look into our lives and we say, man, there's still a lot of rough edges, right? There's still a lot of broken places and broken stuff. There's still a lot of, just, there's a lot of mess in there. God says, that's, just, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that person who will then, because at that moment, we need to know as we look in and we see the, that unfinished nest, in our lives, we need to know that that's when the Spirit's hovering. He's hovering over us in order to bring his grace, his glory, his beauty out of that chaos because that's what he does. We go, what, what, what kind of chaos? What bits of chaos? I mean, is there some good chaos and bad? Romans eight twenty eight. we quote it a lot. We don't think about exactly what it means sometimes, but it says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, who are, who are called into his story, right? We believe that he works all things, all things, all the unfinished things, all the broken things, all the, all the, the, kind of those habits that we have and the, the mess that we carry and the, the tapes that roll in our head, all those things, God will use all of those things. He will work all of those things for good because that's what he does. He takes the chaos and he makes beauty out of it. You know, over the next several weeks, we're gonna be looking at this, this whole, um, just the question of who is this, who is this Holy Spirit? 
Who is the Spirit of God? As we, we move towards Pentecost, Pentecost is the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church and the church was kind of born because we became people in whom the Holy Spirit was living and through whom the Holy Spirit was moving. So we want to we look and we want to say, who is this Holy Spirit? How does he work? Not just how does he do what he does, but also how can we align with what he's doing? How can we line ourselves, get ourselves better in line so that he can do that work and cooperate with that work that he wants to do in us? Because the Bible tells us that he is the one. He's the one that transforms in our lives. He takes us from life or from death to life. He's the one that, that teaches us so that confusion can become really a, a clarity, can be an understanding. He's the one that when we look out and we see no opportunities, he is the one who is able and, and who shows us opportunities where we didn't see any. He's the one who takes us and makes us more like Jesus. He's the one that takes the outcast and the orphan and makes them a child of God, makes them family now. So where we were separated from God, he's the one who brings us close, draws us back in. He's the one who breaks the chains of sin. He's the one that breaks the chains of addiction. He's the one that breaks the chains of, of just the, the, the things that bind us up in our lives. And he's the one who carries those who are in sadness, those who are broken, those who can't carry themselves and carries us to that place of safety, that place of gladness again. When Jesus... When he started his public ministry, um, both Matthew and Luke tell us that he, he went to the Old Testament and he wrote, read a specific passage out of Isaiah 61. And I want to read that passage because he said, this is what I've come to do. And later he would say to his followers, and this is what I'm sending you to do. But he starts out and he says, Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So even Jesus was saying, I'm doing this because this is what the Spirit does, and he is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, to bring, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then Isaiah goes on beyond that, and it says, and to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God, and you go, vengeance, that sounds kind of rough, right? Vengeance on who? Vengeance on those who stand in the way of God doing his work. Just the removal of the barriers of of all that stands in the way of God doing his work in this year of favor, this time of his favor, so so that he will comfort all those who mourn and to give those who mourn in Zion, Zion, to give them garland instead of the ashes, to give them gladness instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting so that they will now be called, instead of unformed and unfilled, they will be called the oaks, these huge trees, stable trees rooted in oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that his glory may be seen. He takes our chaos and out of that chaos, he forms his glory, his beauty, this meaning, this grace in our lives. And he said this would be, as he stood there, he said, you know what, this, this passage has been fulfilled in your hearing because I am, I am this person. I am this one that God has sent. And then he would send his own, he would send us, and he would say, this is what I send you to do, that the spirit of the Lord may be upon you, that he may be hovering, and that through you, you may see this happen in others. So we're not talking about unformed. Instead, in this place, we're talking about 
You know, just like in creation, we see, first of all, the spirit hovering over this unformed, this unfilled space, and then God's word speaks into it. And what do we see come out of it? Creation. And what does God say about it? It's good. So we're not talking about brokenness anymore. We're talking about good. We're not talking about kind of chaos and and waste and emptiness. We're talking about that which is good. Because that's what God does. He works all things for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Jesus, in Isaiah 61, it says all these things so that God's glory might be seen. That God would be seen and his story would be known. That his story would be told through us. Amen? So how do we do that? How do we align with, how do we line up with and cooperate? Get kind of, how do we cooperate with what the Spirit is trying to do? Sure, he's hovering, but how then do we make sure that he's not just hovering forever? Really? Right? Live my whole life as unformed, but at least he was hovering. No, that's not his story. He's hovering with intent in order to trans- transform us. So how do we do that? How do we align with that? First, when we are in those places, and some of you guys are in those places right now, it might be a place of transition. It may be a place of pain. It may be a place of sorrow or of loss or of confusion, whatever it is. When we are in those places, expect, expect the presence of God. Look for the Spirit as he hovers. Look for him. Trust that he is there. Even if you can't see him, even if you can't sense him, know that that's what he does. Trust that he's there. Call out to him. Say, God, here's brokenness, right? Here's confusion. Here's collapse. Here's upheaval. Do your thing. Come and speak and create beauty out of the chaos. So expect the presence. Second, reject. Reject any barriers that you might have up. Really dig into your heart and your mind and just think, you know, how do we, what do you mean reject? Well, we have ways of kind of opposing and standing against and not lining up, not cooperating with the Holy Spirit at times, right? Sometimes we we don't believe that we're sick. That's the one that Jesus was talking about. If we come to Jesus and say, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'm well. Well, we don't need a physician then. We're not going to call in a physician if we don't think we're sick. So really dig in and make sure that we're not just in denial about what's really going on in our lives. Also make sure that we're not trusting in like our own plans and our own abilities. Make sure that we're not aiming at our own gains and our own glory, right? Because God's spirit comes in and creates a glory that's beyond just something we can come up with. So if we're trying to do it by our power, we're actually... We're working in opposition to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. Unless we're kind of lining up with what he's saying, hey, this is, you know, humble yourself. Just listen to my plans. Do what I'm calling you to do. Be who I'm calling you to be. Because otherwise we are, we're living for things like status, things like wealth. And Jesus, he would tell a parable later on. He said, you know, these are like weeds that grow up and they just choke out everything I'm trying to do. So reject, reject those barriers that are in your life. Third, reflect. So we need to expect his presence. We need to reject the barriers. We need to reflect on his word. 
You notice in Genesis that what happened, the, the spirit's hovering, right? And then God speaks. And there's something about the combination of God speaking and that being carried, just like our words are carried by our breath, and his word is carried by his spirit. And when that power and that word come together, that's when creation happens. So be listening to God. Be pressing back into those promises you already know. Be listening for that new thing that he may be saying in your life. Be listening for the new thing he may be. You know, before God spoke the word, this creation knew nothing about light, right? It was all darkness. Darkness covered the face of the deep, right? Darkness was everywhere. But then God said, let there be light. And that spirit carried that word and the creation came in. And something that no one had ever thought of before became what defined everything. Right? It wasn't darkness anymore. We think about darkness, but he said, you know what? I I set up the sun in the day to rule the day and the moon, the light, the lesser light, but I set it up to rule the night because darkness doesn't rule anymore. Light rules, but it came because of his word. So, So reflect, think about, let God's word speak to you as he's recreating out of this chaos. And finally, protect. Protect the work that he does in you. If God works a wonder in you, if he breaks these chains, don't put them back on, right? If God speaks a word to you that gives you hope and that over, overcomes your fear and releases you from that, don't let that free fear creep back in, in, into your heart. Lean into that word. Protect that word. Protect that, that creation that he has made in you. Guard it and nurture it like Adam and Eve were told to guard and nurture the garden, this creation that they were put into, this this good thing that God had made for them. Nurture it, protect it. But then even if you do fall, right? Even if you do find yourself in that place again of darkness and of confusion and unformed and unfilled, that, that emptiness, that wasteland again, because you, you let it go. You, let, you, know, you, let, you just let it crash and burn. You put the chains back on. Even if you find yourself there, know this. The Spirit of God is still hovering because that's what he does. That's his story that he's telling through us. It doesn't matter how many times we mess up. If we turn back and we say, God, I've done it again. Here I am in this waste and emptiness. Can you make something new? Always. In Christ, he can always make something new. Do we need that word? Do we need that word right now? I mean, how many of you guys look in your life and you go, man, there's some broken stuff in there. That's a word I need. You know, in Revelations 3.20, there's this beautiful picture that Jesus gives, and it's this picture of invitation I think is appropriate here. Many times we think of it as Jesus, but I think the Spirit also is in on this picture because he says this is voice. Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking. And if anyone would hear my voice, that word that's carried by that Spirit, if anybody hears me and opens that door, I will come in. I'll, I'll dine with them. I'll, I'll, have, I'll, I'll fellowship with them. And that isolation, that, that unformed, unfilled, will be out of the chaos, will be created this new creation of beauty, of, of purpose, of meaning, of, of God's story. Some of you, the Spirit of God is hovering right now. 
I, I can guarantee to you suffering over each one of us right now saying, will you let me do my work? Will you let me tell my story and out of the chaos make this new creation so that not only do I make creation out of the chaos, but also I remove you. I, I start bringing you out of that chaos. Amen? Father, we thank you for the work that you're doing in us, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who even now is hovering over us. Father, I know that some of us, whether here in this room or whether we're, we're at home and we're watching this, wherever we are, I know that some of us are feeling that tug, are feeling that work that your spirit is trying to call, that knock, that voice. Pray that we would have the courage to make way, to to give him room to come in and do his work and begin to tell your story, tell his story through us into this world because this world needs, needs to know who you are, needs to know the hope that is available, needs to know your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come. Come in power. Come into our lives and take those broken areas. Help us not, God, we, we don't need to hide from you anymore. We need to instead come out into the open and just say, yeah, this is who I am. Make me new. In Jesus' name, tell your story. God, do your work, we pray in Jesus' name. We know that so much has already been accomplished. So much has already been won and done. So, Father, I pray that our lives would just line up with that, would line up with your work. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Amen.